Well, making money is hard if you're reliant on masculine principles. If you have to go and get every client and every dollar and every speaking gig, and you have no attraction vortex and no ability to receive, that's going to be really hard. This is a Soul Fire production. You are listening to episode 173 of Yes And, and this episode is brought to you by Advocare. Guys, Advocare supplements have literally up-leveled my workout game. I can't even tell you. The biofuel and the pre-workout, I, I do not lift weights without it. And the melt is the energy kick I need when I need an energy kick. And you'd be surprised. Yes, even me. I need an energy kick from time to time. And uh, oh, I got to say, I don't know, ever since I moved to the desert, the rehydrates up there, the collagen guys so much. So go check out Advocare. They are a studio sponsor because... I am obsessed with their products. So um, go check them out. And if you want to go shopping, do not pay full price. Feel Better 15, Feel Better 1.5 gets you discounts and supports this podcast when you do. And P.S., did you know that you can try before you buy? All you got to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. Email your review to me at hello at judyholler.com and we will ship you some of my favorite Advocare products right to your doorstep. Guys, I am so excited about today's show. Now, y'all know my word of the year is queen, baby, queen. It's so funny. I walked into the year and I was like, oh, my word of the year. What's it going to be? Growth, growth. Now, if your word is growth, awesome. Growth. It's a great word. We want to grow. Of course, we want to grow. But if I was going to be real honest with myself, I was playing it way too safe. Growth was not the brave choice to make. I knew I needed to step into something bigger. So on January 4th, I decided, oh yeah, my word, my word of the year is going to be queen. And it was like epic timing because I was finishing our guest's book right during this time frame. I think I finished her book on like January 3rd, maybe even on the 4th. And of course, her book is called The Audacity to Be Queen. So I was like, oh, the audacity to be queen. Well, scratch out growth. My word of the year is going to be queen because I knew that in order to do what I wanted to do this year and to go where I wanted to go and to become who I wanted to become and to step into her and that version of myself, I needed a different energy. So I decided, let's just go for it. Let's call forth the queen and get to work. So we have on the podcast today, yo, just one of my favorite women. She is so inspiring. She is actually responsible for um, one of my favorite authors, Jen Sincero's career. Well, maybe not her career, but certainly lit a massive fire underneath Jen's engine. Um, and Jen wrote, You Are a Badass and has that whole empire. But her and Gina DeVee uh, are friends. They met in LA and Gina DeVee was Jen's life coach. And if you know anything about Jen Sincero, she isn't, you know, before her book and her personal development journey, she would like hate on it. And she's like, fuck coaches, fuck personal development, all this stuff. And then found herself at a conference, sort of got awakened, uh, came over to the dark side, if you will, and literally, literally changed her life. And Gina DeVee was her coach. And uh, I talked to her a little bit about that and so much more because Gina is, God, just empowering women 
globally. She is the founder of Divine Living, a lifestyle and empowerment brand for women all over the world. She's the author of the audacity to be queen. She's a speaker, a transformational coach, a podcast host. And Gina says within every woman lives a queen and only from the position of queen can you fulfill your purpose. In becoming queen, you must no longer pretend to be anything other than brilliant and capable and fabulous because the world needs us to own our power, raise our standards, and contribute our talents like never before. And Gina is here to lead the way. Um, her book, Audacity to Be Queen, brings together 20 years of experience in transforming women's lives with the deep spiritual and feminine wisdom of queenhood. Um, it, my God, her stories are life-changing. The stories are so good. Um, she will win and she will lose and she'll have highs and she'll have lows. And she shares all the steps and exercises and meditations and prayers and journal prompts that have sort of helped her release self-doubt and self-sabotage. So she can sort of call forth her own queen. And um, I think this interview today is going to just wake you up on so many levels. And, you know, since reading her book, I have started and declaring, of course, that my word of the year is queen. I have started studying and reading a lot about queen queens throughout history, specifically the mid medieval queens. And here on the uh, the podcast today, you're going to hear a couple of um, very famous and historic queen stories that I think you will be able to see yourself in and will most certainly feel inspired by. So without further ado, I'm going to stop talking. Uh, let's bring on my girl from Italy. She literally just moved her whole life to Tuscany, y'all. I, I shit you not. This is like the real. That she's literally living in Tuscany. I'm gonna bring on my girl, Gina Devi. Okay, Gina Devi. I can't even with you. I am so excited. So I think we first have to address what I'm dying to know. You're in freaking Italy right now, and you're not there because you just took a vacation, babe. You literally moved your life to fucking Italy. Uh, how are you? And give me all the things on. Italy right now. <laughs> I am in so much bliss. I'm not going to lie. I've said at other points in my life, like I'm living my dream. Nothing, nothing comes close. I've been here a solid week now and I'm literally, I don't even know what to say. Like I look out at cypress trees. I'm 15 minutes from Florence. I eat bread every day now, which I never did in the States. Like, I, like, what do you want me to say? I'm like, I'm living by, I like go for a walk and like the Ponte Vecchio is in the, the background, like all, I mean, I'm not going to get too dramatic about it, but I do feel oh. like I was robbed of 50 years of my life. The oh. fact that it took me 50 years yes. to say yes to moving here. Um, you know that I just always said, well, one day I would, what, when did I think that day was going to come? Like, thank Isn't God that... it happened February 3rd because I'm here. Oh my God. And I love that you just touched on that. One of the things we're always talking about here on the podcast, and it's something I talk about in my keynotes, this deadly epidemic, this fear epidemic, I believe is happening in the world, which is someday syndrome. You know what? I'm going to do it oh. someday, someday when I retire, mm -hmm. all the bullshit, right? And so here we mm -hmm. are at 70, 80, 90. And oh, by the way, I hear Italy's kind of hard when you're 70, 80, and 90 because it's hilly and there's a lot of stairs, right? Is that the truth? Like, I hear it is like a, tre a treacherous terrain out there. 
I, you know, when I think you love where you live, there, there, you know, Italy has the highest number of centurions on the planet. Mm, so cool. apparently hundred year old people okay. figured out how to live here. Let's do it then. Um, Great. I think it's, you know, you, you, th- there is no, to your point, there is no time like the present. No. And so follow your dreams and say yes, your desires now. And I think that we can do what we love and live where we love at every age. I agree. And you are living proof of that, which is what's so inspiring. And you also wrote this incredible book, guys, The Audacity to Be Queen. And then the subtitle is The Unapologetic Art of Dreaming Big and Manifesting Your Most Fabulous Life. And guys, we're talking to a woman who has so many stories. We're going to tap into them, um, but who has literally picked up her life and moved to Italy to live out that dream. And I've got to say, Gina, we were talking about this before we went on the air you know, your book really shook me um, so much so. And I was mm. dying to tell you this in person. Wait, did I, maybe I emailed it to you, but did I tell you that because of your book, I mean, I read it, I finished your book the first, like, I think I got done with your book on January 4th. And I went into this oh, year wow. and I was like, my word is going to be, um, I think it was going to be growth or gains, something kind of basic and whatever, right? Um, and I changed my word of the year to fucking queen after this book. And I am now... <laughs> Gina, I am now reading all, like studying historic queens, reading about queens mm-hmm. of the middle medieval times. And we're going to tap mm-hmm. into the queen of Esther. Um, I want to hear, mm-hmm. I want you to tell the, the the listeners about her. But like, first of all, thank you for that. Because I was like, absolutely not. She has arrived. She is ready. And she has, she, she is ready to receive and call in and command what it is that she wants. And Preach. she's going to do that with grace and swagger and Mm -hmm. all that she deserves. So you have given me that gift. So guys, my word of the year is queen. And Mm. Gina, that is because of you, my dear. So what does being a queen mean to you? Give me what your definition of queen is. Oh my goodness. And it keeps evolving, to be honest. And I'm so glad you didn't pick growth, regardless of queen. How basic, right? Like seriously? sparkly for that. Like, what are we thinking, right? I appreciate the intention behind it, but you, you, you done well. Um, Safe, boring, uh, basic. Yeah. uh, Yeah. The opposite of you. So queen is being the best version of you living life on your terms by your values for real. Mm. And I think that, you know, I'll speak to my myself and this, like, I thought I was, you know, it's like, Oh, like I'm, you know, no, I don't think any of us walk around saying like, I'm going to not be the best version of me today. Or like <laughs> of all the work that we do on ourselves, like how could we not be the best version of ourselves? And these layers, I don't like to approach personal development in doom and gloom. Like it's not another layer of the onion and you're just always gonna have something else to work on. But there's like, when you ask yourself, how good am I willing to let life get? That's my favorite. Like really for me on my terms, like if I could set up my schedule any way I wanted, if I could live wherever I, I desired, if I could work in the way that I desired, make money in the most pleasurable way possible. Like, what is that really? And I think that so often in my career, I would ask, like, how could I sort of do some version of what I saw someone else doing that seemed really desirable to me? Like, oh, Mm. and I was broke as a joke, starting out life coach. Like, 
how could I get to 10 grand a month? Like, you know, they, they weren't bad dreams that I had and they sure were a hell of a lot further ahead than where I was, but I didn't, I didn't really go for God enough. Like I didn't really go for the divine and, and the unlimited enough. I kind of went for what was further out ahead of me. Mm. And the more you become queen, the more you get to know yourself, the more you give yourself permission to just be the fabulous queen that you are. Like I've started like, I don't know, I'm so susceptible to like things, right? Like when I'm in California, like I get up at five, I work out, like I don't eat bread, like, you know, like I go to bed <laughs> at nine, like I'm that girl, right? In Italy, like I have dinner at 9 p.m. I eat bread every day. Like, you know, like it's just like <laughs> when I give myself, like, I'm not gaining weight, eating bread every day. You know, my business is thriving as much as ever. And I don't start work until 11 or 12. And, you know, like the, this year, one of the things that I give to myself, I was like, okay, if I could work any way I wanted to, what does that look like? And for mm. the first time in my career, no calls on Mondays or Fridays, no calls. Because what if I want to go explore Tuscany? Or what if I just want to read a book all day? Or what if I want to like start researching how to like plant a garden or I don't know, get chickens. I'm still working on my husband with that one. It's getting a little too under the chickens. Him, you and chickens get over it. I would pay I to see know. that. Those blue eggs. Oh yeah. Well, you're, well, you're going to be able to see it for free. <laughs> Hang out with me in June. So, um, you know, these are just things that I, yeah. I just said like, oh, you know, in that hustle and grind culture, like, well, I've got, if I want to succeed, I've got to work all the time and I've got to like, at least work Monday to Friday and I've got to at least work all day says what spiritual book ever, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if I really want to live based on, on spirituality and, and don't get me wrong, people, those of you that are just meeting me, like, thank God, God did not give me the monk archetype. Like I, like I'm all about like anybody wanting to do whatever Buddhism is just not my thing. I'm very attached. I'm completely materialistic. Like God, he, God got it right when he gave me queen, like oh, the castle and the robes. And it is your destiny. Like, all that stuff. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Like, you know, you do you and, and, and that can be your version of queen. I say in my book, you pick Birkenstocks or a Birkin, like, or anything in between, but it's, you pick it for you and I'm yes. on the Birkin side. But anyways, the, the point is really allowing yourself the, the most majestic way for you to live. And when you get that, you can do that and you don't have to hustle and work all the time. It was an eye opener for me. Oh, and, and, you know, throughout the book, there are so many moments that I was screaming, yes, yes. Oh my God. Same, same. Where you would have all these little money journeys and money stories where you were trying to figure out how to pay your rent and pay your bills. But you knew if you could fill this mm -hmm. course and the way you filled the course at the last minute or the, the live event at the last minute, like so many serendipitous oh. moments that I viscerally reacted to because I am having them time and time again in my business. And it's because I'm asking for them. It is because I'm calling it in. It is because mm -hmm. I am, I am mm -hmm. opening up the channels. Here's what I think about like this queen energy and truly manifestation. It's like abundance is yep. trying to call your ass. Okay. It is like, Hey babe, hi, yes! I, got, I got this pot of money for you. I got this opportunity for you, babe. I got this marriage for you. I got this, uh, size six bikini for you, babe. But hold on, no one's picking up the phone because you are not receiving my call. You are not open to receiving my phone yes! call, babe. I cannot hear you. So I'm just going to go call someone else. 
And mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is it, guys. That is the essence of the work and the ideals. So whether it's a Birkin or a Birkenstock, it doesn't matter. You will never get the Birkenstock if you are not picking up the phone. Like if Birkenstock is trying to call you to give you a new pair of Birks, they won't even get on your feet if you are not open Mm -hmm. to receiving the gift. And I think that is the essence of queendom, really laying down our armor to say, I am ready for the help I need. I am ready to relax. I am ready for the joy. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to allow it all. I'm going to allow it all. And you are living proof of that, babe. Well, at this point in my life, I I feel very blessed to say, I mean, there's a lot I'm still working on. And, you know, there would have been nothing more frustrating than to hear this conversation when I was $75,000 in debt. Like, oh, just be open to receiving. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, I need to like pay rent, right? So I just, for anyone in that spot right now, I really want to give credence to there is a different way of doing things. And I was so frustrated when people say it's all between your temples. And I'm, I'm here to say that, that it is. And that is why the good news is here. Let me just let outlay it. You working more isn't the answer, right? Cause we did that. We worked harder and yes. we didn't make more money. We worked longer hours. We didn't make more money. We took on more clients. We act, we still didn't get out of debt. That still wasn't the answer. And until I started doing things in a different way, and same for you, Judy, it's like, until you start holding yourself, your esteem at a different level. You know, I was so willing to be, I, I talk about a lot of different archetypes in the book and the slave girl is one of them. So like, I was just willing to settle for whatever crumbs came my way. Like you had a pulse and a heartbeat in a couple of quarters. Sure. I'll be your life coach. And it <laughs> yeah. wasn't until I started valuing myself and like, I wanted other people to do for me what I wasn't willing to do for me. Mm. I wanted other people to say I was valuable, that my services were great, that I should charge more. And it's not how it works. So the message I want everyone to get is love yourself more, be there for yourself more, do not self-abandon yes. and really double down on God and you will not be disappointed. Double down on God. It's about raising your standards. So Gina, another story I really loved in this book, um, it was when you were talking about the liberated lifestyle and um, the woman you were on the panel with um, that sh- like, sort of got defensive with you because you guys were talking about career and life and all this stuff. And the reason I want to bring this specifically mm-hmm. up is there's a lot, you and I b- both do not have children of our own. I have step stepchildren. Um, mm-hmm. but, but sometimes mm-hmm. I carry this and I know I receive this. Oh, easy for her, easy for her. She doesn't mm-hmm. have kids must be nice. Of course, Judy can do that. Mm-hmm. Of course, Sheena can do that. She doesn't have kids. And so you're on this panel and the woman is talking about her life and her kids and her family. And it's amazing. And then it comes to you and you start talking about your plans and how you work from all these different countries and you are making a global impact and you're in France and a ball and Australia. And the lady goes to you, well, Mm -hmm. Gina, easy for you to say, you don't have kids. Mm -hmm. And your reaction to that, Mm -hmm. do you want to tell me your reaction to that? Or would you rather me read your words and then you react to that? Because it was good. 
I'm scared. I don't, I, I mean, I I'll read the, it. The, the, the gist. I don't remember. I'll, I'll read it. Words, listen, so I'll, okay. I've written a book and listen, I, I get it. Great. Your book is very big. So, um, so mm-hmm. lots of chapters. So she responds, you guys, to this woman who goes, well, Gina, easy for you to say you don't have kids as Gina's talking about her global adventures and how she really operates her business and is making this global impact. She then sort of sensing this woman's defensive remark um, as a call for help. And truly, in my opinion, when someone gets defensive, you know, there's love or fear. So what is she afraid of? There's some fear there. So mm-hmm. um, Gina then goes, Jill, I can see what a great mother and businesswoman you are, how much that you prioritize your kids and give them everything and that doing what's best for you and your family is important. And I love how she used and there, guys. And if you also desire to travel, what about using your kids as the reason and not the excuse. And ultimately Gina goes on to sort of side coach her and the woman started asking, okay. And these are my three favorite words besides audacity to be queen. Well, I guess those are four words. The woman started (laughs) using this coaching advice from Gina. Okay. Well, how can I travel more? How can I go overseas? How can I create balance? How can I be Mm -hmm. a mom and a multi-million dollar CEO, right? Like, how can I, how can I, instead of Mm -hmm. easy for Mm -hmm. her to say, and Gina, that's a motherfucking shift. That is a shift. So talk to me about that moment (laughs) and those three words, how can I, because that is coaching gold. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, it's a, it's, it's rooted in love. You know, when someone's coming at you with their fear, when you feel someone get tight, gnarly, um, aggressive, attacking, that isn't anyone's natural state. And so when we are wounded in a similar place, that's where we fight fire with fire, right? That's where we get triggered. One person's smallness and fear Mm. hits another one and, and we go back and forth. I have many issues. Hers is just not one of mine. Okay. So when she's coming at me with her issues, I got 99 problems, but yours aren't mine. Right. That's so good. Like write that down guys, write that shit down. I'm putting that on Instagram. That's good. I got 99 problems, but yours aren't, yours aren't one of them. Like yours are mine. Right. So she's coming at me with all of her excuses. And like, I, one thing I do pride myself, I'm pretty excuse free, you know, yeah. like if you're going to write a book, the audacity of queen, it's like part of the, the code of ethics, if you will. So what I was able to do was in love, get larger than her wound. And like, if there's darkness mm. and you bring light to a situation, light's going to dissolve the darkness. Mm. And rather than, you know, getting in, in some kind of in, entangled thing with her, just to show her what she wanted was so obvious. She just wasn't giving herself permission. And when we don't give ourselves permission, we self-abandon and we tend to make someone else wrong because then we got triggered. So I'll use a physical analogy. Let's say I, I did, if you're watching this, I, because I was cooking in my Tuscan kitchen, <laughs> burned myself on the, anyways, but let, let's say it's you're good. listening to this and let's say you're on the back of your hand, you have a wound and, and there it's raw and it, and it hurts. And someone comes up to you and touches your hand. You're going to immediately be in pain. You're going to move away from them. You're going to make them wrong and be mad at them for quote unquote, putting you in pain when they had nothing to do with the wound in the first place, but they touched it. Mm. And how dare they? Right. So 
rather, let's say if I've got my hand here and then so, and I'm not wounded and someone comes and puts their hand on my hand, it actually feels good. It yeah. feels connection. It feels loving. And so the more healed we can be when someone comes at us with their wound, we can surround it more in love than touch it in the place where we know that there's going to be a reaction. Mm. And so what I know as a coach is that any time a woman gives herself permission to live by her design or by her desires, she doesn't get jealous of someone else's. And any woman that's jealous of someone else's is not giving herself permission. It's a very simple antidote. So the more we give ourselves permission, which doesn't always seem possible for kids, businesses, financial circumstances, diagnoses, spouse, any of it. When you start asking, how can it, how, how can it be possible? You start calling in the vibrational match, the answer and the solution. Mm, It's so good. And that was transformational for me because I think a lot of people, um, and I, I, I love it. I empower it. I do it. These, I am power statements. I think they're great. You know, I am this, I Mm -hmm. am that I am that right. Great. Even better. If you're feeling lost or stuck take your I am and then follow it up with, okay, I am wealthy. Okay. How can I be wealthy? I am Mm -hmm. health. How can I be more healthy? Mm -hmm. I am connected. Great. How can I be more connected? I Mm -hmm. am in a loving relationship. Mm -hmm. Great. How can I be in a loving relationship? Right. I am traveling the world. Great. How can I travel the world? Right. And and now we sort of step into our power. And I think excuses are 99% of the time protecting a fear. So when I see excuses, mm-hmm. my trigger response is, all right, cool. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Because yep. nine times out of 10, you're afraid of something. So um, this is not something the queens throughout historic history have done. Of, of course, they've got fears. And my goodness, there would be times queens would have to approach their lord, their king, with some very mm-hmm. serious business. And if they didn't Mm -hmm. get the conversation with their king, right, they could potentially be beheaded on the spot. So you have this great Mm -hmm. story in the book about Mm -hmm. Queen Esther of Persia. Mm -hmm. Um, and you fell in love with this queen and her story. And I like paraphrase it all the time, giving you cred, of course, but I'd love to hear you talk about that queen, Queen Esther of Persia in your own words and tell us uh, the cliff notes of that story and why what she did was so powerful. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, in, in terms of giving cred, this, uh, Christians know it from the Bible. Jews know it from Pearl. <laughs> so we'll credit else, the Bible, not like Gina Tavi. <laughs> well, <laughs> or uh, anyway. Great but, point. Um, Great point. For everyone else, it's a Cinderella story. It happens to be so a true good. story. We can leave it at that. Okay. So there was a king um, in ancient Persia. His name was King Xerxes. And he was known to be like this super partier. And he threw this six-month party. And at the end of the six months, there was six days where he was partying with just the noble officials of the land. And the women were all in one room and the men were all in another. And he asked his queen, Queen Vashti, to come in parading her beauty, wearing her crown. Mm. Well, this queen said no. And I don't know, I don't know, like modern day Iran, do I want to say no to, you know, the, the authorities, let alone in ancient Persia. And so 
The king was furious. The men in the room were furious because they knew their wives were in the other room and just watched that woman say no to the king, which meant there would be their that would give their wives permission to say no to them. And how dare they? And the, that could not happen. So what must be done? Well, they said, well, we, we must Persian law. We must get rid of the queen. Well, one of the ancient ways that women, the empowered feminine, has been suppressed is to excommunicate. Mm. When you excommunicate someone, when you kick them out of the castle, out of the tribe, out of the community, historically, they would either starve to death, be eaten by a wild animal, die, um, freeze to death, all kinds of ways that the community is protected. And so one of the pieces, and I take this story apart symbolically for women, is the reason why we are so terrified to be attacked or criticized, let's say even on social media by a stranger, is for this very same reason. We feel like we're going to get kicked out of the tribe, which makes us feel like we are going to die. Like cancel culture, so, this fear of cancel culture, yes, right? which is like a public yes. shaming and stoning. And I'm like, I will never, I don't care whether I agree or disagree. I will never be a part of bringing anyone down in that way um, because it is an energetic transfer. Keep going. I love how you're connecting these There's dots. That, or just my Sicilian mother or, yeah, you know, my like goodness. whoever, like you do you. You like, do you. And so when you're afraid that if you speak your truth, Mm. you're going to die, you tend to basically start lying and meaning not speaking your truth. And this is where women have learned to let their yes be no Mm. and their no be yes. You know, like, hey, can you come over and watch my kids? Yes. When you want to say no or Hey, do you want to go on that trip to Italy? I'm like, no, when you want to say yes. So the first lesson that we get out of the story of Queen Esther is Queen Vashti. Let your yes be yes Mm. and let your no be no. You start living by that. That takes courage. That takes faith. That takes confidence. That takes belief in yourself that you are going to be okay and that um, you're going to find your way. So at the same time that Queen Vashti does get excommunicated, she had her consequences. She knew what was coming. A little bit over from Persia, we're now going to go over to ancient Israel. Mm. And in ancient Israel, there was a log or there was a war going on. And the Jews that were losing were getting um, killed and then exiled to Persia. So there was a young girl named Esther. And the historians say that her parents died in the war. So this young maiden, Esther, starts out being orphaned. And whether or not you have been uh, literally orphaned, most of us know what it is to be emotionally orphaned. And that is to be without mother or father, meaning your mom or dad wasn't perfect in the ways that you wanted them to be and and felt abandoned and and very likely were um, in those ways. The next thing that we saw happen to Esther is that she was uh, exiled to Persia, where she was treated like a second-class citizen. And we start to see the heroine's journey in Esther's journey, which is why I'm obsessed with this story. And we see the royal road is not an ordinary one. And right from the beginning, this woman is orphaned and she's exiled. Mm. We know what it's like wow. to be emotionally abandoned, either by father or mother or both. We know what it's like to be kicked out of the club you know, didn't make it into the cool girls club, didn't make it to the invite party. You know, I literally got kicked out of law school. That was devastating (laughs) for a minute, but that's a whole other Oprah, you know, like, you know, we like, uh, you know, kicked out of the the, the family Thanksgiving, whatever Mm. it is. 
And we see Esther on this journey. Well, she gets to Persia and she meets up with her one living relative. His name is Mordecai. Mordecai takes her in. She's feeling safe. She's finally in her comfort zone when, bam, the king is ready for a new queen. So they go and they round up all the young maidens of the land, throw them in the palace harem where, like, the studies are like there was like 2,500 of them. Can you imagine? And... Esther, they say, was pleasing in form and disposition, meaning she didn't go into this saying, I'm never going to win. I'm a Jewish orphan girl. There's no way the king is going to pick me. And what I learned from Esther, and that is like this angry Sicilian over here, but I've been like, this is unfair. I can't believe it. Like nothing works out for me. I'm never going to win. Women take themselves out of the game, right? Like how often have we like not been on a podcast because we didn't even pitch it because we're like, well, they would never have me on it or whatever. Like that client would never sign up to work with me or that, you know, conference would never hire me, like whatever the thing is. And so for women, we got to learn, do not take yourself out of the game. There's been so much going on that's orchestrating your destiny. Like so much had to happen. Vashti had to get spicy and say, no, I'm not, you know, pray to my beauty. There had to be a war going on in Israel. She Esther had to be orphaned, exiled to even get to the palace harem. So smart girl, she doesn't take herself out of the game. She meets up with, in my opinion, the first ever life coach. This is the palace unit. I love His name was Hey Guy in charge of all the chips. <laughs> and because Esther didn't take herself out of the game, she was easily mentored. And Hey Guy told her, like, go be in the best part of the harem. Here are your maids. And what happened is they had to spend a year in beauty treatments and special foods in this harem before they'd even be presented to the king. Wow. And this tells me symbolically, there's time for us to prepare for our calling mm. and for our destiny. And you know, we want everything so fast. We want to go viral on TikTok or social media now. We want all of the money and the clients now. Like, there's like a deepening in this queenhood journey. And when it came time for Esther's turn to go before the king, she was highly coachable. She only took what Haggai had recommended, and unbeknownst to the king, he picks. The, the Jewish orphan girl mm. to be the next queen of Persia. And in our, in our kind of Kardashian society right now, we'd be like cheering, like, yay, she won. Esther was chosen queen. And what I really got was only from the position of queen, can you fulfill your calling? This is, this is like, we got to get ourselves out of slave girl, maid, princess, like out of these lower level archetypes and get ourselves to the queen that we are. And only from that place can we really fulfill what we came here to do. So right when Esther gets crowned queen, the king's best friend, Haman, issues this law to kill, destroy, and annihilate all the Jews in the land. So king doesn't know Esther's a queen. Esther's Mordecai family, all the Jews are completely freaking out. So Mordecai has to get word to Esther. And he's like, Esther, you got to go to the king. You got to like save your people here. And she's like, no, 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 I can't go to the king much due to what you were talking about before. I can't go to the king without being summoned first. The penalty is death. The king hasn't called me. I have to wait. All this palace protocol BS. And Mordecai is like, no, 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 no. God's work will be done with or without you. Mm. And ladies, I just want you to sink this in. Like, you know, your book is going to be written with or without you. Your speech is going to be spoken with or without you. Your message is going to be like, we got to say yes to that call. And so Esther bravely risks her life. And she says, okay, I will go before the king. And if I perish, I perish. And Mordecai says to her, Esther, for such a time as this, 
you have been called into royalty to save your people. And I say to women globally is, ladies, for such a time as this, we have overcome everything we've overcome in our lives, gone through our childhood, our teen years, a pandemic for such a time as this. We have all grown, evolved. You're not listening to Judy's podcast if you aren't looking for something bigger, better, different in your life and are saying no to the status quo. So Esther goes and she prays and fasts for three days. And at the end of those three days, she goes before the king and he says, what is it, Esther? Even up to half my kingdom, it will be given to you. And you see her just being very feminine in this process. She doesn't take the bull by the horns. Nothing like your dipshit friend is going to kill my people. Like She's like, come to a banquet I've prepared for you and bring your best friend Haman. So the king and Haman go to a banquet for a couple of days in a row. And finally, Esther says, and has the courage to reveal who she really is. That's what we think. We're, we're like so afraid if we reveal who we really are on social media or to our people, like we're like not going to be like, like that's when like, She's like, I am a Jew, and there's been a lot of kill me and my people. Will you save us? And the king's like, who could do such a thing? And she also, unlike most women, she does not have the fear to confront. And she that, that's why Haman was there. And she's like, your best friend, Haman. So the king has Haman killed, and there's a few other things that happen. But ultimately, Esther becomes the heroine of all time, and she saves her people. And... I know that God is no, or the universe of spirit is no respecter of person. And Esther's story is not any more important than mine or Judy's or yours. And when we really get, if we would just show up all Esther, quote, you know, all she had to do, courage, faith, all of that. She just had to be where she was and use her voice and be about something bigger than even her own comfort zone. And when you do that, you too will live a leg- legendary life. And that's what we're here for. Oh my God. All right, y'all, I'm going to pause here real quick. Speaking of queens, speaking of queens, what a better place to put a queen than on stage, right? The Dalai Lama says the women of the West are going to rule the world. And I agree with that sentiment, but I think it's going to be so much easier to do that from the stage. So Spear School's here. We are in the final week of registration. So if you want to step on stage and shine, if you want to be a keynote speaker and speak for a living, I'm going to teach you everything I know. Or if you have a business or a brand and you know that getting on stage, stepping on stage and shining a light on yourself and your work will make a big impact and help you move um, your business forward and your life forward and get you results, then this is the course for you. Speaker School's registration is open now. What a way to really step into true queenery, right? And put your message and your brilliance on stage so you can shine a light on your work and your stories. I hope to see you in class. Link in the show notes to learn more and get yourself registered. Like, that story, I see, I feel like, guys, I was just glued to Gina and to read it in the book is one thing, but to hear the woman who wrote it, um, share it, it was such a gift. So I receive it so beautifully and I'm just so touched by it because, you know, this woman had such a calling and, and something so mm-hmm. much bigger than she could have ever dreamed of was wait. she saved a freaking people, um, you know, as a Jew herself and could have been stricken down 
um, and had something really bad happen, but she had already been stricken down and prevailed. Uh, mm-hmm. And she prevailed again. And again, she gets herself her life coach. Like, I love all the stories. And, the, and then she goes <laughs> to wait and she doesn't just approach him. She plans them the event and gets his friends involved. And she goes into like sort mm-hmm. of silence for a few days to get ready for this big approach. And my other favorite part is, guys, the rush. You know, there, Gina, there's all this crap out there in the personal development world and I mean that with love and respect, but like the five seconds to famous, the 10 minutes to publish, mm-hmm. like take my course and you'll be on mm-hmm. stage in one hour, right? Like, ah, like why mm-hmm. are we in such a rush? Why is everyone in such a rush? Do you believe it is fear? Do you believe it's people not believing they are enough? Like what is the hurry these days? Uh, certainly here in the States and in entrepreneurial mm-hmm. circles, everybody's in such a hurry for the blue check, for the following, mm-hmm. for the stage, for the downloads, mm-hmm. for the 1 million. Mm-hmm. And then last thing I'll say here is you see people rushing to this like goal line and then they're dancing around on Instagram with like mylar balloons telling me how many followers <laughs> they have. I'm like, dude, guys, men do not do this. Men do not do this. <laughs> and like, why are we doing this? Like, it is so much more than the balloons. Like, so A, why are we in a rush? And why are we almost sort of dumbing down the power that we inherently have? Um, Curious what your reaction is to some of that. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I think that for so long, the examples of success that we have seen, and everybody wants to be successful in their own way, the examples of success we have seen have been very much from a masculine point of view. So there's been this massive action and dial for dollars and, you know, I'll outwork you and, you know, she who makes the most money, the fastest wins. And so I do talk about my book, the difference between masculine energy and feminine energy, which are in both male and female. And there has been a, an actual addiction to masculine, all things masculine, logical, linear, tangible, predictable, practical. So that's like the accumulation of wealth and cars and Rolexes and followers and and the whole thing. And then there's been literally a suppression of the empowered feminine, which is about spirituality and creativity and being and feeling versus doing and thinking. Mm. And the feminine is about we, the masculine is about I. And ultimately, The masculine is about giving and femininity is about receiving. Mm. So to the degree that we have, and what I write about in the book, an injured feminine instinct, an inability to receive, receive a compliment, receive attention, receive the limelight, receive money, receive our worth, receive love. We have to go into overdrive of the masculine to go get it and grab it. And if you're not working fast enough, then you're not going to get what you deserve and what you came here for and what you want. And that's what happens when we're out of balance and we're not living from an empowered feminine place. So the reason why we have these messages, take the bull by the horns, no pain, no gain, just do it, is because that is the masculine way. Making money is hard and it's not just going to come to you and all, all of that stuff. Well, making money is hard if you are reliant on matter to matter, if you're reliant on masculine principles, if you have to go and get every client and every dollar and every speaking gig, and you have no attraction vortex and no ability to receive, that's going to be really hard 
And it's going to create anxiety, which is going to create the franticness of like the get, get, get. And if somebody else gets more than me or faster than me, then I'm not going to get my share. It's a very competitive plane. And so it's really interesting, Judy, that you brought this up. I could actually like show you in my Florentine journal that I was writing in this morning. And I was just writing words that were soul nourishing to me that I really of like who I desire to be about at this point in my career and in my life. And I just, I let the first word I wrote was slow. Mm. And I was like, dude, Gina, wow. you have been in Italy one fucking yeah. week. Like you can't be a part of slow living movement. All this. <laughs> like, I'm like, what, what is happening? Like I'm a Capricorn. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I like my materialistic things. And I was like, I don't have to speed up when I am with God. It's like when I slow down and I'm in tune with the universe, like you read the stories in the book, like it, it swoops in yes. like, like a tidal wave. But when I'm chasing and grabbing and trying to force and make it happen, that's when I work harder than ever for less than ever. And it's not even ends up being what I want. I mean, and the stories continue outside of the book and beyond the way it manifested this house. Oh, it, I mean, all it, of it. It's incredible. It's just, it doesn't end. And so I don't know if it's going slower, slower to speed up. I think it's more for me, it's going slower so that I can be in tune with the divine and open to receiving. Mm. And then there's no slow, nothing slow moving about the universe. No. So when we really get what source is, the blue check mark is not source and the million followers is not source and money is not even source. It's source is source. And when you're clear on that and connected with that, then you're just seeing the externalization of what's inside of you everywhere you look. I love it. One of the things I've always said about manifestation, and I wonder if you would agree with this is because everybody loves to talk about it. Oh, I manifested this house in Italy. I, you know, me, I've mm-hmm. said it on I've met, like mm-hmm. my life here. And there's like, there's so many things and there are things that are currently manifesting right now that I'm like, Oh my God, pinch me. Is this like, am I really doing this? Like, I think I'm really doing this. Um, but I've always said, mm-hmm. I believe it's getting clear out, like setting an intention claiming it, asking for it, calling it in. So setting an intention and then giving your intentions attention. I'm like, that's, that's the secret. You don't need to go watch a movie. Guys, that's a recipe. recipe. Set an intention, repeat it, Mm -hmm. repeat it, repeat it. Believe words are wands. Words are wands. So what Mm -hmm. you think you create, what you think you get, what you see you be. So what, what do you want to see? What do you see? set that intention. And then babe, go give those intentions attention. And you're on your way. That is the phone being able mm-hmm. to pick up like that is you picking up the phone. So you would agree mm-hmm. with that. I'm on the right track. Totally. Okay. Oh, so keep moving. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the, the cosmic goop, it's like Plato, right? And the more we impress our thumbprint into Plato, the more we're going to see it, the more we impress those intentions into the universe, the more it's going to take on the physical form. It's so good. Um, so the cover of your book, I got to ask you this question. Cover of your book has Jen yes. Sincero on it, uh, the author of You Are a Badass. Yes. The word on the street is you were her first mm-hmm. life coach, potentially the coach before the badass empire became a badass empire. A, is that true? And if it is true, 
Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to know how you came into each other's universe because there's a story you tell in the book about being at a personal development conference because she hated them and you were like, mm-hmm. what am I doing here? This mm-hmm. is a bunch of crap. And I'm like, oh my God, did they meet at that conference? And then B, so is the story true? Did you meet at that conference? And, you know- Did she really have duct tape in the bottom <laughs> did of the she, Was she really living in a garage? <laughs> but like, maybe I'll stop there and then ask you the follow-up question. Is it a true story? And did you meet at that- in the back of that personal development conference, because I know she made a big, okay, give me the story on that. I got to ask. Oh, the big investment was me. Yes. I mean, so, so Jen Sincero and I um, were both living in LA at the time and we met at a, in like a woman's group. She was like, so like a chapter leader of like, you know, like a women networking group, so to speak. Um, And so I originally, did I meet her there? And then we also had similar friends of friends. I can't remember if I met her at like a, like a potluck dinner party, but I think it was at the networking where we first cool. met and it was, um, you know, it was just one of those things. I was so insecure. I was like, what am I going to say in front of this group? I just moved to LA from Michigan. And it's like, I thought everyone in LA had it together. And I love that you're you. a Midwest girl. And too. Then I just That's started, another thing I loved in the book. I didn't know yeah. that until I read it. Awesome. Keep going. And, um, and so she started seeing what I was doing and then became a client and number of programs for a number of years. And yeah. And then I helped her work on a bit. She talks about me in the back of the first, you are a badass book. And then she dedicated, you are a badass at making money to me. And, um, that coach she hired, which is so incredible, Gina. So First of all, I love the story. And the two of you are two of my favorite personal development women in the game. So of course it makes sense. Aww. And it's so interesting because of course I've read all the books. And so I'm like, oh my God, I think that's the Gina DeV. Hold on. I got to, is that true? Is that true? Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. And then number two, you know, there are a lot of women listening, myself included, who invest, who level up. And I believe so much in it. In mm-hmm. you know, I think you need this personal mm-hmm. board of directors where you have um, someone at your level, one or two people in the game with you doing what you do so you can be like, oh my God, how you doing? How we doing? Let's do this together. And then you've got a couple mentors (laughs) who are younger than you, who are like keeping you fresh with the pop culture. What are the kids saying? What are the kids Mm -hmm. doing? And they're also keeping you (laughs) fresh, right? Like they remind you of the build and the growth. And then you have to have a couple of people light years ahead of you, like in your opinion, like people who are where mm-hmm. you want to be. Um, like right now, one of mine mm-hmm. is a woman. I love her, Jade Simmons. She is $100,000 a keynote. Like she is just magic. Mm-hmm. She's so inspiring. And I get on the phone with her every 45 days and I just, oh, just soak her in, right? And so she's energetically okay. shifting me into this, this realm, right? This arena vibe, this keynote speaker, this big stage mm-hmm. ownership, yes. right? So I, I believe in investing and I believe in paying for um, mm-hmm. support. When people are looking for a coach, mm-hmm. a life coach, a mindset coach, whatever that, what are some red flags and what are some things to lean into? Because this is your work. And is there anything you've seen um, out there that you're watching mm-hmm. women fall prey to um, or watching coaches really get right as we're out there looking to level up? Yeah, such a great question. So coaching. Let's just talk about that because there's a lot that falls underneath it, right? There's teaching, there's consulting, and then there's Mm. coaching. And not to be too pristine about it, but having been a transformational coach for 20 years with a master's degree in clinical psychology and a therapist before that, when you're teaching 
an online course, you're not a coach. (laughs) Yes. Right. You're, you're a great teacher. Right. So like own that, but that, you know, they're like, you know, I'm a marketing coach. No, you're a marketing teacher. And so, and then consultants can be great because consultants go in and be like, Hey, do this, do that. Like they, they know a particular business or industry and they can really consult you on um, highest and best practices. So that's just one thing to just keep in mind in the industry. Who's actually a teacher, a coach or a consultant. Cause they're all, being, they're all being called coaches. The next is what is it that you are seeking in your life in terms of the up level or the transformation? So I, most of the time, only hire someone if they have done what I desire. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be so on the nose. It doesn't have to mean like, well, if I wanted, when I wanted to like sell six figure packages that like, it didn't have to be like that exactly, but in jet, like, are they, do they own a profitable business? And are they working in a way that cool. I desire? Like, you know, there were coaches I looked at that I, I loved their marketing. They were working 20 hours a day and they were proud of it. Like, that's not that I didn't, I didn't want to work 20 hours a day. So even though I was enamored with their personality and impressed with their success, it wasn't what yeah. I wanted. And so, um, and then I think because there's so many masterminds out there also looking at the community vibe, there have been coaches that I wanted to hire that I looked at who was in those groups and like, I didn't, that they were not yeah. my people. So I think that um, there, there's a number of these essences. And so I think people that have made the biggest mistakes in hiring someone is they thought that they were going to get a coach when they got a teacher. So if you like want to learn a skill set of marketing, great, but th- like go and sign up for that course and buy that course and invest in yourself and learn a skill of marketing, but don't don't think that that marketing teacher coach. is going to coach you on getting unstuck from your blocks about why you're terrified to be visible. Ooh, on that's stage. huge. And I am hearing that on like, I needed to hear that today. Um, by the time this episode comes out, my course will all officially be in the world. Um, but I'm putting my first course online, uh, teaching people teaching, see what I just said there, teaching the see? teaching. Congrats. I ain't trying to be your coach. I am not clinically psychologically mm-hmm. trained to do that. I certainly know about mm-hmm. the mindset required to be a speaker. So it's a thing called speaker school. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm teaching people how to, yes. it, it is for two people, people who want to either build a speaking business and literally get on stage or people people who have a business and they want to shine light on it. Great. How do you build it? How do you, how do you rock it when you're on stage and protect yourself and prepare so that you look like a boss up Mm -hmm. there? And then what's the legacy on the other side of that? So it's the build the stage, the legacy. Great. I am your teacher. So I'm offering these office hours as a part of the course. And that is just really affirming for me, Gina, that because what I'm afraid of in those office hours is that, oh, somebody's going to want coaching and like, oh my God, I I, I don't know. Because if you're not good, you're like, you got to go get practice and you got to run reps and I can't get you out of your psychological childhood trauma, mm-hmm. but I can, I can teach you how to move through uh, the roadblocks you may get when trying to find the free stages or the paid stages. I can show you my contracts. I can give you my tips Mm -hmm. and what helps me on stage when technology goes down. So I am your 
teacher. I am your teaching consultant, maybe, because I've been there and built it, but I'm not your coach. And I am really receiving and that. Yes. So I hope everybody's listening to that. That's a big distinction. And and here's the thing. When, when you're well aware of yourself and your skill set and your network, so there's nothing that has me glaze over more <laughs> these days for me personally than when people come to me with needing to be taught the tactics like of, of anything, branding, speaking, anything. And I attract a lot of entrepreneurs and, and all that. Judy, all I want to yeah. do is coach. All I want to do is take, a, take, like, take apart the family dynamic and help them connect this that's side your, and that that's side your and vibe. The, the whole transformation. Yes. So it's like, like, so when we don't put on ourselves as women, as queens to have to be all things, to all people, I can be like, you want to get on stage? Great. Come in my own your throne mastermind. And we're going to look at the mother and father dynamics. And I'm going to like help that you want to learn how to speak and get like wings to that. And on those stages, like you're going to go yes. work with Judy. Like it's, you know, and, and not needing to think that to be of value you got to offer it all. Like know your your superpower, your lane of genius and refer out. There's enough Oh my God, everyone. I love it. And that is a big part of the course because mindset is a part. Like you'll never get on any stage or do well on any stage if you're blocking that blessing by not believing that you're worthy of it in the beginning. And the Dalai Lama says the women of the West are going to rule the world, but how can we rule the world if we're not on stage, baby? So we got to get, we got to believe that mm -hmm. we're worthy of it. And then I'm like, all right, yeah. I got some books for you. Go read my girl, Gina. Go, go to this course, buy this you know, like, mm -hmm. so again, this is where I elevate the other Queens that have helped me prepare to take the stage time and time again. But yes, guys know your lane and you don't have to be all the things. And I'm so glad I asked the question because I think you gave such beautiful advice and, you know, I'm sure people are going to be listening to the show and I could talk to you all day, but I want to be respectful of your evening in Italy in Tuscany, darling. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't wait to come visit and have wine mm -hmm. with you. I am, I am putting that, I'm yes, setting that intention will. right now. It's happening in Italy. Um, um, so, Done. so you have a lot going on. What do we need to, how can we work with you besides buying your book and listening and consuming all the things you have going on? What do you, what do you got going on? What are you excited about right now? And how can we come into your world? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you can follow me at Gina DeV on Instagram. There's going to be some great eye candy of Tuscany coming up. Um, I've got a cool podcast. It's called divine living. So if you want to check that out. And, um, and, and get the book. I think that that is just the, the entry into yes. it all. And I'll give you this free gift. There's a free companion course that Yay. goes along with the book and you don't have to buy the book to get the free companion course. Um, go to divineliving.com forward slash audacity. And there's beautiful videos and worksheets. And I think that's just going to give you, um, an entry into everything. And then if there's, I ha do other masterminds and I have a cool app and the whole thing, but you'll get into the divine living world Perfect. that way. I think I love it. I will start. make sure we link up to that in the show notes guys. And of course, everything lives on our Instagram page, Gina DeV. I believe you're at Gina DeV.com, right? Great. So yep. obviously your website, a beautiful, Oh, or what are you? No, no, uh, divine, divine living, divine living. Thank you. Divine living.com. I'm Gina DeV on Instagram. So we will divine link up to divineliving.com. And again, her Instagram beautifully links to everything. And again, the book, Gina, thank you for it. My God. I mean, um, you are just a, 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 a light, a love. Um, you are a light worker and you are, my dear, a queen, queen, queen. Mm -hmm. And thank you for being one because you've given me the permission to be one myself. So thank you for that. Oh, 
Judy, you are such a breath of fresh air and just shine so bright. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait for you to be on my show as well. <gasps> Ooh, it'll be fun. Thanks, Gina. All right, y'all. I mean, can you even with Gina? It's too good. It's too good. And I swear to God, I'm going to go see her in Italy and I'm going to have wine with her. I have already I have already just boop, put that into the universe. It's going to happen. Uh, in the meantime, get a little slice of Gina in your life by picking up her book, The Audacity to Be Queen. Go give her a follow on Instagram. She's got a great podcast. I'm going to be on her show soon. And I don't know. She's just one of those people that, oh, I love it. The Audacity to Be Queen. Women who are really showing us, right? I don't believe that we can be what we don't see. So thank you, Gina, for showing us what we are capable of being. Guys, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know how you dug the show. Give us a review. Um, share it with the people you love the most. And of course, until we meet again next week, woo, go be that queen you are. We'll see you soon. Bye, y'all.